Welcome to Talking History with Big Coop. Uh, my name is Cassidy Cooper and I'm a United States history teacher in Southeast Louisiana. Today's show and every show are about connecting you with your past so you can understand your present and plan for your future. workers were agitating against the people that had made their working life so difficult. Some people know them as captains of industry, but today we're going to look at them from the vantage point of them being the robber barons. Taking all they could to build as much massive wealth as they could, larding it up during the Gilded Age. During this period, between the Civil War and 1900, steam and electricity replaced human muscle. The United States built 193,000 miles of railroads. We saw inventions like the telegraph, telephone, and typewriter speed up business and make the world a smaller place. Oil and coal drove factories and lit the expanding city streets. Inventors and business people made all this happen. Now, some multi-millionaires, they started in poverty, and their rags-to-riches stories, they can be useful for making the masses of poor weird workers believe that they, too, could be wealthy someday. But of course, if you have even the least understanding of economics, we can't all be millionaires. For all millionaires, money becomes worthless. Who's gonna work when you're a millionaire? start with the story of one of these men who said someday sometime when I'm a man I want to be worth a hundred thousand dollars that man was a young John Rockefeller you're gonna to decide today if these wealthy industrialists who did help to build the United States into a uh, economic powerhouse should be remembered fondly for their roles as the captains of industry, the ones who built our nation into the land it is, or as the robber barons who defrauded the public and responsible for the great disparity in wealth among our citizens. Or, as is usually the case, it's just some mixture of the two. of the quote as an example. John Davison Rockefeller, the son of a con artist. His father taught young John never to trust and left the boy wondering if food would or wouldn't be on the table. His dad was a snake oil salesman. Dr. Rockefeller going from town to town. He's got the things to cure what ails you. He would sell to anyone 
His warnings would get bigger and bigger. Oh, don't take this if you're pregnant. Oh, don't take this if you're old. And the more he warned against taking it, the more people would pay for it. But he was rarely at home. In fact, he even had a second family up in Canada. So yes, when he was there, he would feed his family. But who knew how long he'd be gone? Young John, he had to, he had to take care of things for himself. He got a job at a very young age. And from this world of uncertainty, he would rise to dominate the emerging oil scene in first the United States and then the world. Rockefeller, he had built his fortune in the new oil business, partly by making secret deals of railroad companies. He got to start working the books for another company, and after three years, at age 18, he opened his own business, refining oil. At this point, oil was just used for a lubricant in the growing factories of the Second Industrial Age, and as a fuel for kerosene lamps. Rockefeller astutely guessed that oil would become the new cotton, and built an empire around it. He promised railroads that he would ship his oil only with them if they would give him lower rates. Those lower rates allowed him to save money, and saving money allowed him to sell his oil for less, undercutting his competition and running them out of business. Rockefeller brought them up one by one. Each business he ran down, he made part of his growing monopoly system in which this one company would control all or most of an industry. of Andrew Carnegie, Tom Scott of the Pennsylvania Railroad Company. Once partners in crime, now their conflict had aggravated the conditions of the decade-long 1873 depression and led in part to the Great Railroad Strike of 1877 as Scott's workers were bled dry from his feud with Rockefeller and decided they couldn't take it. riot slash labor strike spread across the nation as fast as the telegraph could take it. In the end, Rockefeller was right. He did have the reserves to outlast the Pennsylvania Railroad Company, and he came out of this richer than ever. It got to the point where John Rockefeller because of his control of an industry, because of his influence in the United States, could be considered more powerful, richer than any man in history. Now this is a hard thing to decide, but just by his influence at the time. Later, we would see Andrew Carnegie sell his company, Carnegie Steel, J.P. Morgan, 
JP Morgan's new company, U.S. Steel, would actually overtake Standard Oil as the biggest company, richest company in the world. But one by one, these robber barons topped each other as they made their bids to be the richest men in history. We'll see you next time on Talking History of Big Coop. Remember to subscribe and tell your friends.